Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan. I hope you're having a wonderful week, and today we're talking about self-care and coaching. Do you ever feel like you're waiting on a permission slip to live the life you want? If you answered yes, then you're in the right spot. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Debbie Shadid is an action-driven business coach who helps other women grow their own successful life coaching businesses. For many women coaching, they didn't realize how much business stuff was involved and are feeling incredibly overwhelmed with how much there is to do. Debbie's passion is taking her 23 years of experience and teaching others how to simplify their business and make more money. So, all right, friend, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my business coach, Debbie Shadid. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I am so delighted to be here and to be able to talk about you today. I know, I'm a little nervous about that. I'm used to being on the other side of the microphone. For those of you guys who don't know, I said Cindy has so much in her life, so much about her coaching that was so interesting to me as her business coach. I said, we have to let people know about you. Yeah, so I don't know what you think about that, Cindy, but here we are. I'm going to turn the tables on you and interview you today. I know. I am excited about it, Debbie, because I think it's going to be fun. You know, I think it's going to be something a little bit different from for my listeners. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about what does exploring the seasons of life mean? Because that's really one of my signature questions. And what does that mean for you in your life or in your business? Well, you know, I don't know how old all the listeners are, but I know for me, when I got to a certain age, and for me, I think it was probably 50. I'm 57 for anybody listening. And I think that when I got to that age, I felt free to explore. I felt like I had freedom, that um, I was kind of more fearless. I was not afraid of failure. I was, I didn't care really so much what anyone thought. How does that resonate with you? Absolutely. That resonates with me because I'll tell a quick little funny story. When I turned 50 years old, and I may have even told you this, when I turned 50 years old, I walked into the office and there was a gentleman in the office and I walked in, I'm kind of like, I'm here. Today's my birthday. I'm 50. I can say and do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) That is how you feel, really. It's like, I don't know, something clicks one day, one day later, and all of a sudden you have permission to be yourself, I guess. Exactly. Well, you know, I've been asked that question before. And when I answered it the first time, I talked about, you know, the maiden, the mother and the crone. I talked about the, you know, the actual seasons themselves, spring, autumn, winter, summer, And now after doing this podcast for 90-something episodes, I really define exploring the seasons of life as 
being present where we are, loving where we are, even in those really, really messy bits that we go through. And I wrote this in my journal yesterday, and I thought, huh, this could be about that season of life. When you trust your life and include prayer, it is easy to understand the mysterious. There are periods of fears, insecurities, and excuses, but it's time to say goodbye to those garbage days and forgive ourselves. (laughs) And I just... I don't know where that came from, but I wrote that down and I'm like, exploring the seasons of life is trusting in our life. Oh my gosh. And letting go of stuff, the garbage. I love that. All of the the things that, I don't know if it's just women, I can only speak for myself, but like we bring so much stuff with us. Isn't that interesting? That's a season like letting go of everything. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but letting go is one of the pieces of a 12-week program that I've put together because I think that's so important. I'm excited to be part of that, Cindy. That's going to be amazing. Thank you. Cindy, I want to know, since I'm going to be asking you some questions, tell me what brought you to coaching. Let everybody kind of know your story. I know it, and I think it's very fascinating. So tell everybody what brought you to coaching. So since we only have, you know, 30 or 45 minutes, I'm going to try to <laughs> try to make this a little bit shorter. But I was really thinking about that. What brought me to coaching and as I sat down and I was really going through like my, my past, I started thinking about when was the first time I was introduced to, I'm going to say the self-help genre. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was about 16 years old, maybe 17, and I was given a book, a Dale Carnegie book, and I believe it was how to win friends and influence people. I may not have the title exactly right. Yeah. But that was the first introduction. And that was at such a young age. But really, Debbie, the driving force behind all my interest began with my mother's death when I was seven years old. Whether that's coaching, whether that's mental health, whether that's spirituality, whether that's death and dying, self-love, our inner exploration, whether that's forgiveness, that is kind of like the backdrop for all the things that kind of interest me. But going back to that book being given to me, then throughout my life, other books would come into my life. You know, The Feminine Face of God, Mm, I don't know that one. Um, oh, yeah. It's um, it's great. Um, Simple Abundance. Remember that from way back when? Mm-hmm. And reading, you know, like Brene Brown, Sam Keen, Thomas More, Marianne Williamson. It's like all these books and all these people kind of started like dropping into my awareness. And the first time I ever heard coaching was Cheryl Richardson. I don't know if you're Mm -hmm. familiar with her. Mm -hmm. She's who I consider the first time I ever heard of a coach. And as they were talking about coaching and 
what it was all about, I was like fascinated. And I joined in 2007, 2008 timeframe. I actually trained with Debbie Ford for approximately two years. And just understanding about ourselves and our shadow and doing that deep inner transformational work and just life experiences, going through a divorce, going through a layoff, all of that kind of has wrapped around and made what I do so special, so heartfelt, just really, I want to give back to the women that I support and that I coach. So I want to ask you while you're talking about that, since I know your story and I know since I've worked with you on your business, this word grief comes up. And I know when you and I first started working together, I said, you know, there could be a misunderstanding about the word grief. So many people identify grief with death and uh, you have such a broader definition of grief and so much of the work that you do it talks about grief. I would love for you to share about that because I think it is so uh, resonated so much with me, but it's something that people need to understand better. Yeah. When I think about grief and loss, I think about how grief work, it's personal, it's messy, it's hard, but it's courageous. And I believe every emotion needs a seat at the table. There are no rules for grief. You get to define what grief looks like and how you respond to that. But there's different types of loss. You know, people think of that as the death of someone you love, you know, but it's a serious illness. It's a relationship breakup. It's leaving home. You're graduating. You're leaving home. You're grieving what you are leaving as excited as you are to be going off to college. There is some sort of grief there. I've heard a lot of people say that when they're graduating, there's that, will I ever see my friends again? Mm -hmm. You know, the death of a pet. Like I said earlier, a divorce, moving to a new home, you know, Maybe it's a loss of physical ability. That grief and loss encompasses so much more than someone dying. As traumatic as that is, there are other types of grief and loss that we need to be cognizant of. Oh my, and grief goes on for so long. I had a, a close friend whose mother, whose mother died and and he's younger than me, so his mother is nearly my age. And I was explaining to him, and I know we're talking about death grief, but it, grief just catches you off guard. Just when you think you've uh, gotten past something, it catches you off guard. And I think about my divorce that I had many, many, many years ago when my daughter was one years old. She was just one. And I just the amount of grief over this, uh, what I thought I was going to have, and it seemed like it it's, you know, my daughter's 28 and it still comes up that I grieve over the fact that she has to go to two places on Christmas. Like it never, grief just sort of comes along with you. Absolutely. And grief is that response to loss. And, you know, as I was just kind of going through that loss just takes so many different forms. And, you know, speaking of a divorce, 
maybe you have a somewhat amicable divorce, Mm -hmm. but there's still that grief. Like you said, your daughter having to go two places during the holidays, but there's still that grief of the loss of the hopes and dreams that you had about that marriage. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I have, I'm working with a new woman whose husband just had a transplant and she's going to be coaching people who have maybe transplant partners of transplant recipients, something like that. But she was talking to me about the grief of a of the fact that they'll never be able to travel again because he, he can't get in the water. He can't go in open water. He can't. And when we talked about all that, I kept thinking about the work that you do about processing grief and, and looking at grief. It was just so interesting to think about all the ways that we grieve things in our lives. And think about COVID right now. Mm. You know, people are grieving. Not only we have had this so many people die from COVID, but, you know, so many people haven't been able to travel to see their, their families. You know, my partner is from Trinidad. Now we had bought tickets in January, right before everything kind of closed down in that March of 2020, 2020, 2020. Yeah. And because we were going to travel later that year. And so now it's been, it had already been a few years and now it's been two more years and I can see, and I can, in his and when he's speaking, I can see and feel how much he wants to go see his sister. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's so much grief. I, I want to take back to what you started at about you said um, the book that you read when you were young that got you started um, sort of on this journey of maybe self-discovery, self-hope, uh, self-something. And I, when you said that, I was thinking about The Power of Positive Thinking. That was a book that sort of had an impact on me. And I wonder how many people right now, as you talk about grieving things like COVID, sort of try to slap on the thought, a better thought of like, oh, it's all going to be okay, instead of just allowing it to be. And I think that's considered spiritual bypassing. When we always want to think those positive thoughts and not be with the feelings. Yeah, I kept thinking after I became a life coach, because as Cindy mentioned, I've been a business coach for 22 years and became a life coach uh, over a year ago. And, and of course, I also had always been on that self development journey. But I remember thinking once I really understood life coaching, or the kind of coaching that you do that all I was doing was putting a band aid on the problem, a positive thought or a mantra or something was just like putting a band aid on. um, Like you said, it's like a patching up the emotion and not really sitting with it or dealing with it. Now, I don't. and, And I'd love for us to just have a discussion right now around what is a coach? What is a coach? This came up for me because I had a guest on the podcast recently and we were talking about balance and how big that concept can be. So a lot of people are hearing that term now, life coach, business coach, spiritual coach, any kind of coach that you can possibly think about. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about 
what I see a coach be in. Yeah, what your role is to your clients. I'd love to hear that as a coach. So then I'm, I'm going to start off by saying a coach is not a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not a healer. We're not a guru. We're not a rescuer or a savior or an authority figure. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for people to understand. A coach is someone who has those clear professional boundaries, integrity, They provide that safe, loving space for transformation to occur. And they hold that relationship with their client as sacred. Now, and I'm using that word specifically because that's how important I think the coach-client relationship is. It's supporting others in reaching their highest potential. And for me, A coach does their own inner work, not one time, but continuously. So they show up as neutral and they don't get caught up in their own stories or get triggered necessarily when a client is going through their stories. And it's taking a client, in my case, a woman, it's helping them cross that gap between where they are and where they want to be. And, you know, I I, I Googled what is a life coach because I wanted to see what what Google said about what is a life coach. And it was something like three trillion pages came up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So I liked this one. This This was a quote by Kate Bathris. She said, a coach's role is to imp- not to impart wisdom, but rather to facilitate the client's own process of connecting to their inner wisdom and making choices about their actions and next steps from that place of connection. It's kind of like unbiased brainstorming partner. And I loved that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think um, I think of a life coach as being like a guide. Mm-hmm. Um you know, now in my business coaching, I'm a little bit different because I, people hire me to tell them what to do. But in life coaching, in the life coaching space, you know, I, I feel like I'm the person that, as you said, Cindy shows up and holds the space, asks thoughtful questions. Um, as we call it, um, in my certification, we call it, we don't jump in the pool with them. We're not in the middle of their thing. We're on the outside helping guide asking thoughtful questions that that potentially takes the person to the next step of their own journey so they can have their own awareness. I don't have to impart awareness on them. I'm just helping them find the awareness that's already within them. Exactly. And I think, you know, all coaches say things a little bit different. To me, it's helping a client be comfortable with being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things that, that we do in, in our coaching is when we, when somebody um, says something to us at some point, we reflect back what they said and we take careful notes and we reflect back. And that in itself is always interesting because when you say back, the way I say it is I say, now let me make sure I'm getting this right. Let me go back through what I heard you say. And there's always this, 
huh, the person on the other end, I say, is there anything else or can you clarify that for me? That in itself sometimes is very eye-opening because they they hear it back and it's like, well, that's interesting, right? They didn't even know kind of what they were saying sometimes. Absolutely, because I, I think sometimes um, we can get caught up in our stories and we say it so many times, it becomes a, a rut in our brain. And so then when we're tell, saying it to someone who is neutral, they're, mm-hmm. they're just there to listen and to be that, that witness, so to speak. And we say it and then they reflect back. I agree with you, Debbie. It's like, wait, wait, do I really think that? Do I really believe that? That's not quite what I mean. Or sometimes it is. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think is so interesting about life coaching, and I do want to stop and say, um, Cindy and I are both trained, intensively trained, very well practiced. Uh, there, you know, I'm not surprised that Google said there was that many things about life coaches because I. This isn't criticism, but I think that anybody could call themselves a life coach. And I just want to separate and say, you, Cindy, are a trained life coach. And although I don't practice life coaching every day in my business, I too am I, you know, I feel like we both went and got master's degrees in coaching. We we did it the real hard. I mean, we went through all the stuff. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned in my coaching is about emotions. And I know that you're so tapped into emotions. But I think one of the other things that I find interesting about life coaching is to help somebody find the emotion that they're dealing with. And for all of us, mostly what people say is I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. I'm so worried. Like there's these common places people take themselves to. And I think I'm sure Cindy, you as a guide, and and me as a guide, we help people go past overwhelm. What exactly is that? Right? Absolutely. Because we keep asking those, as you said, thoughtful questions, those powerful questions to keep getting underneath. What is overwhelm? I'm busy. What is busy? I'm tired. And I'm just making things up right now. Yeah. You know, I'm tired. What is tired? And you keep boiling it down and maybe it's something your husband's not taking out the trash. Yes, it happens that way, right? That's what coach, you guys, that is what coaches do. They help guide you down layer by layer to exactly what Cindy's talking about. It's something sometimes that you thought was something else and it got down to what she just said. Yes, it's, it's as peeling back those layers of an onion, one piece, you know, one layer at a time, just really getting beneath what's really going on. And sometimes it can be something very simple. My husband's not taking out the garbage. Mm -hmm. And other times it may be something, you know, really going on that it could be, Debbie, it could be self-care. It could be Mm self-love. It could be worthiness. Yeah, that seems like we're at an epidemic. Uh, I don't know, maybe I just again have a new awareness, but like this self care and and which self care that word right there, we have to talk about that. But self love where women and we both coach women only, 
um, gosh, more self-love is so needed um, to, so that they feel like they're worthy to do all of these bigger things in their life. But talk to me about self-care since you mentioned that. What does that look like to you? So self-care to me, I was thinking about this because I actually thought you were going to ask me this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I believe a good life starts with self-care. I haven't always believed that because I'm not sure I even really knew what self-care meant. Because the real world thinks it's going on vacation. It's going to the spa. It's getting manicures, going shopping. And that's not wrong. That's not wrong at all. Self-care does include those things. But I've learned It's so much deeper than that. And I do talk about self-care a lot on the podcast. So self-care and self-love is not the same thing. And I think sometimes people can think that it is. So self-care, and I'm loving the word tend lately, Debbie, it's tending to ourselves. It's the actions that we take in all areas of our lives, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally financially, socially, spiritually, environmentally. So let me just kind of talk a little bit about what I'm saying right there. It's self-care is not a one-size-fits-all, and self-care in action means different things at different times. So one day, self-care may be drinking a lot of water, exercising. Maybe it's taking your medication as prescribed because I know plenty of women who do not take their medication as prescribed. They skip several days. That's not, self-care is not sexy. It's taking your medication as prescribed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe it's reflecting on things you're grateful for or unfollowing toxic people on social media. Yes. I say amen to that. You guys- When you get on your, if you're in business, particularly for my business ladies out there, if you are looking at people that you find you're comparing yourself with, or you start down the rabbit hole of thinking of like, I'm, I'm behind, they're doing better than me. I'm not doing good enough. Just unfollow those people. Why are you doing that to yourself? I absolutely. And I have started having to do that because I can find myself going, oh my gosh, there's so much, exactly like you said, there's so much further along than me. And I have to just unfollow and get clear with Cindy again. Yeah, because nobody knows the truth about what is happening with anyone. We just make up our own truth in our mind about what we think is happening with somebody. Exactly. That's maybe, you know, it's balancing our checkbook, Debbie. Mm. You know, saying no to expenses that we don't need. Maybe it's asking for that raise. Yeah. It's setting boundaries. It's just, it's so much more. Maybe it's reconnecting with nature, going out for a walk in nature, or maybe it's finding a coach or a mentor. It's asking yourself the hard questions and taking radical responsibility for your life. Like I said, Mm. self-care 
does include all those things that we like and enjoy, that it's taken radical responsibility for our lives. And I believe it's Susie Orman that says, women need to stop putting themselves on sale. And I love that. Oh my gosh, I don't know that one. That is so good. I know Susie Orman, but that is good. Isn't that good? <laughs> it, right now, I would just love to offer this up. If you're in a safe space, aka not driving, and able to grab a journal and a pen, here's just a few questions to reflect on. What does self-care mean to you? What does it look like to practice self-care? How do you put yourself first without feeling guilty? Mm. How can you step outside your comfort zone to grow? And what have you denied yourself or passed on? Why? Those are just a few journal prompts to really get you thinking about self-care. Uh, can I add on to that, please? Absolutely. So my mind, I, I'm just like, I was born to be in business, born to think about business. It's, it's, a, it's all I think and, and about all the time. So when you said self-care, my mind immediately went into business. What does self-care look like in business? And I wrote down a couple of things. You said like setting boundaries and boundaries might be ex, um, not allowing yourself to accept um, not enough for your services. Um, yeah, standing up for yourself. And I guess the opposite of that would be standing up for yourself and charging what you really deserve because you've invested so much time. Like Cindy, you and I have invested a lifetime of learning. And we don't just show up to coach somebody. We're thinking about them in between all the things, trying to figure out how we're going to help them become their best self. So standing up for yourself. For, for me, not working as much. I love to work so much. That's my, again, business, business, business. Putting up some boundaries about, around business and not working so many hours. How about trusting yourself? Like self-care could be trusting your intuition instead of fighting your intuition. Uh, I love that. Love it. Because when we start talking about trusting ourselves, yeah, it is. It's trusting ourselves to, okay, let's go back and talk about the self-care. It's, it's trusting ourselves to do what we say we're going to do, to take that radical responsibility, mm -hmm. balance our checkbook, exercise, drink the water. Like you said, set boundaries. I love that, Debbie, trusting ourselves. Yeah, standing up for yourself. You know, I think when we think about standing up for ourselves, we think there's going to be a fight involved in that. But you can stand up for yourself with integrity and stand up quietly. You don't even have to fight. There doesn't have to be a fight, right? Just standing for, for what you believe is right and then stepping into the truth for what you believe is right. Yeah, absolutely. That can be something as simple as... If someone's telling jokes that you don't agree with, mm. it's not laughing because you're with the group. And I'm in this situation a lot where people will tell jokes. I shouldn't say a lot, but I am in this situation where people will say jokes or they will make remarks that are not in alignment with who I am. And 
I'm not going to laugh at them because everybody else is laughing. Yeah, that is, I think, again, that's what happens when you get just a little bit older. I'm sitting here thinking, I wish I could teach my daughter all the things, but maybe the wisdom comes with age. When you talk about exploring these seasons, that would be like a change in where you're like, you know, I don't need to, to, uh, I'm not worried about being liked and being part of something that is not what fits in with my values. I'm not afraid to stand up for myself, even if that doesn't mean causing a scene. It just means you're not joining in on the laughing. You're not participating. That's right. Absolutely. You know, and I do talk about this a lot on the podcast as well. What will we tell our 18-year-old selves? And what I've come to is there's so much we would go back and tell ourselves that that is part of the process, is living, Mm -hmm. living those seasons. Yeah, yeah. And I also have been thinking this last week, I would love your opinion about how we think things should unfold so quickly. I'll give you my little thing. And then I would love to hear from you. I just started a sort of, I don't, I want to say weight loss, because that's not it. But I just know that my next level is with a healthier self, I have to be healthier and stronger, which means all the things you've talked about, Cindy, like drinking water and, and eat properly, Uh, giving proper nutrition to my body, sleeping better, all those things. But I, there are things that I'm measuring, you know, the, the scale is the measurement, the fitness, I'm tracking some things in my growth. And I noticed how fast I expected instant results and how I almost wanted to have a temper tantrum. Like change is hard. Getting things, it takes time. We think that things happen overnight. Change takes time. Absolutely. And I'm right there with you on the the getting fit and getting healthy and and doing all the right things. I joined a gym and I have hired a a personal trainer. Now I'm only seeing him once a week, but after my, about my second time seeing him, I came home. You know, I flexed my muscles and I said to Andre, "Do you see any difference?" <laughs> Exactly what I thought on the scale after week two. (laughs) But change takes time, especially change that we want to stick. Mm -hmm. Change that we want to, you know, become permanent. And I was actually thinking about, you know, the integration process. Now, the training that I went through, and this is just three ideas on this the the integration process, but it's that self-awareness, acceptance, and finding the gift. And when we talk about change, you know, it does start with self-awareness. And then we go through multiple steps. And then we get to acceptance. And then as we go through the the other pieces in, in our life and, you know, whether it's surrender, whether it's letting go, whether it's, you know, willingness, whatever it may be, at the end of it all is looking at an issue. I'm going to use the word issue. And what is it that we have learned? Yeah. You know, I know some people call that, you know, hope, protest, that middle part is that protest where things are starting to change and you're protesting because you're not wanting to change. And so many of us say we want to, but we're not doing the things to change. Yeah, I just want to 
just say, you guys, this is why a coach is so important. I noticed that when I talk about, about business coaching, sometimes I use the word accountability and people get their feathers ruffled a little bit like, um, I don't need accountability, like somehow they're weak in the fact that they need support. But I just want to tell you that, look, as humans, we're, we're, we need more practice at accomplishing things. And sometimes the road to change and becoming your next best self and going through those stages that you just talked about and staying on the same road to the end is difficult unless you have a partner, a partner that's, a, a, again, an outside, I don't mean a life partner. I mean, a partner that's, you know, on your team, but that is outside looking out for you, guiding you along the way till the end. Well, Debbie, I absolutely agree with you. And that's why I hired you as my business coach, because I heard you on your podcast and I heard you use the word ease. I heard you use the word accountable. And I realized those were two things that I needed because I do work a full-time job. So I needed someone as I talk to you week after week, you know, for you to ask me, how did everything go? Did you make progress on, you know, whatever, whatever topic we may be working on. But my go-to is because I consider myself such a deep thinker that I wanted to overthink Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to work with you to make this easy. Because things don't have to be hard per se, but there's different ways of looking at business, looking at life, Mm -hmm. looking at loss, and there's different ways of approaching it. Yeah. And that's, again, the same thing like Cindy, the kind of coaching that you do, you help people, uh, I don't want to say unravel, but it's like a ball of yarn that has to be rolled out where you're going from one place to the to the next place. And and we do, as humans, uh, make things more complicated. I, I You're talking about business. I see it in business where people have made something that's so simple, so big, and, and they've consumed all kinds of information and looked for ideas and looked around to see what everybody else is doing. And they've made such a small problem so big. And I know that's the same kind of of reality that you see with your clients is that sometimes things get made so big that you need to help them unravel it, basically get down to the beginning uh, of the basics. Oh, I absolutely love that word unravel because that's, that's where it is starting with that self-awareness and then unraveling it all out and bringing it back around to fruition but you, we kind of have to unravel it to see exactly. And I guess that's where the self-awareness is, is as we're unraveling, you know, they can, they can see different things that are coming up for them. Would you talk to me? I want to make sure that we get all about you in it and we keep talking about general topics here. I want to talk about this inner revolution. I want to talk about giving permission. Can you talk to me about those two things and that I'm super intrigued by what you're doing in your business that people, I want people to know about. Let's talk about inner revolution first. 
Okay. So Inner Revolution is a 12-week program that I've been working on, and it is, it's really about reclaiming your life. It is about going through all the different steps that we've talked about. You know, it is the awareness, the willingness, the underlying commitments. Now, and I kind of touched a little bit on that. And that's a big one. When we say we want to do something, okay, I'm going to speak for myself. I say I want to lose weight, but am I doing those actions that is going to going to get me there? Or do I have an underlying commitment? Am I eating mm-hmm. comfort food? Because there's something else going on that I'm trying to soothe myself with. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's getting underneath those emotions and what we say we want and what we're doing looks totally different. Am I saying, and again, I'm just using this as an example and, you know, am I saying I want to lose weight, but I'm eating comfort food because I'm sad that I'm this is at the time I was going through a divorce that I'm going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. That's just one, one example. And then, you know, it's responsibility and forgiveness. It's, it's celebrating ourselves. So it's 12 weeks of getting to know who we are. And I call it an inner revolution because it all starts from the inside Everything starts from the inside. Celebrating ourselves. Yeah. Now, I just want to know, you women listening to this, when was the last time you really, for very long, sat in any any small win, accomplishment, anything? I mean, we just gloss over that so fast. You set a goal. A lot of times you make your goal. And you don't even acknowledge it, right? There's no celebrating, no acknowledgement for ourselves for the work we just did. Absolutely. You know, it's like, I'm going to use an example. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk about graduating high school. Maybe that's, maybe that's not quite the right one, but let's just use that. So you're graduating high school, but it's your parents who are really celebrating you. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You're not necessarily (laughs) celebrating yourself. You know, it's, you know what, let's say you've gotten the dream job that you've wanted. Let's check, got it, go to work the next day and off you're going. You know, you're, you're not celebrating that, okay, I've worked really hard to get this position. And I'm going to celebrate whatever celebration celebrating looks like to you. You know, maybe it's going out with your friends. Maybe it's, this is probably pre COVID, but you know, having friends over, you know, but whatever celebrating, maybe it's just journaling about your celebration, calling your friends, calling your, your mom, whoever you've got to call, and say, yay, I'm celebrating me. Guess what? I'm just thinking about 
celebrating with nobody and just literally sitting, allowing yourself. Again, ladies, I, I'm maybe you're not like me, but I'm going to raise my hand on this one. We just don't allow ourselves to even experience the inner delight of our own because we're so uncomfortable with it. Like it feels so um, foreign to us because we haven't allowed ourselves to just be delighted with what we've accomplished. Just sitting in that and bringing yourself back that, like you said, the job, like what if you did that for 30 days every day in the morning to just go into work early and sit there at your desk and just allow yourself to experience, bring that feeling of delight, of accomplishment, of the work that it took to get there and just sit in that feeling. Yeah, I think celebrating ourselves is such a a huge component because I remember distinctly when I got my certification and it was long and it was arduous mm-hmm. and it was tough. And two other women that I was became very very good friends with um, in that program we're, we're we're still friends and we still laugh about you know oh my gosh, we thought we would learn all this and it would get easier. But it that clearing in ourselves just keeps going. But I remember we're sitting there because those two were my, my study group partners. We went separately to have our, our certifications. Even though we were study groups, we didn't do it together. You know, so one was on one day, one was on another, and one was on another we got together afterwards to sit, make sure everybody passed, you know, that we are all certified. It was like, okay, what's next? Okay, so now we need to get started on our business. We need to X, Y, Z. And then I can't remember who it was. One of us said, well, wait, wait, wait. What are we going to do to celebrate? Yeah. Should we right? at least say, hey, high five, good job. <laughs> Right. I mean, it takes a lot to do something like that. Right. It's a perfect example. Yeah. And you were asking me about waiting for permission. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example. Right. I, I put this on Instagram. I put a big pink block, which you and I had talked about, and it had said, stop waiting for permission. And the co- the co- comment I wrote in that was, what do you feel when you read those words? Did your heart flutter from recognition? And what I meant by that was, stop waiting for permission. When we see those words, so many of us know that we do that. We're waiting on the boss to give us the kudos. We're waiting on our partner to give us the, the validation. We're waiting on other people. Sometimes we're waiting on other people to do something. I'm going to go back to asking for a raise before we'll do it. We're waiting for somebody else to say, hey, Cindy, go start that business. Hey, whoever, you know, that guy that you've been looking at, why don't you go over and talk to him? You don't need permission to go talk to him. When I say stop waiting for permission, 
no one's going to give you permission. No one. You have to give it to yourself. Your doubt, your fear will never give you permission. It's trying to protect you. You guys, we were working um, in Cindy's business, uh, you know, as your business coach, we were working on this concept of permission. And we were putting together this quiz about how um, take this quiz to find out how many places you're waiting for permission. Because if you're waiting on permission, then really, I would suggest that you hire Cindy because you've got some things that need to get cleared up so you can get to the next step. But when we were talking about what people wait for permission on, our list was so long of all the things people wait for permission on. We both had idea after idea after idea. I think you mentioned for people to grab a journal and write that question down, but that's a super great question of self-reflection. You should stop right now. I'm not being bossy, but you should stop and look and see. Make that list of where you're waiting for permission. It's eye-opening. And I wish I had printed out that list because you're right. It was so long of where now I'm speaking mainly for women because that's who I coach where we are waiting for permission. Oh my gosh. In yeah. In your life, in business, it's all over the place waiting for permission to be loved. We talked about the raise about the, to speak up, to um, say what you want, to put yourself out there, to um, be the first one to um, gosh, date somebody, to ask somebody out for a date, to be, like first person to say no. I mean, there are so many things that we wait on for somebody else to to give us permission to do and we should just do it for ourselves. Debbie, while we're talking, I'm actually going to see if I can find that quickly because I did find it so eye-opening. Now, I may not be able to put my fingers on it. Oh, yeah, here we are. Let me just go down through a couple of these. Yeah. Do you find yourself waiting for permission to make a decision? Do you find yourself waiting for permission to speak your truth? Do you find yourself waiting for permission to ask for more money? To put your desires first? To forgive yourself? To be happy? I mean, the list, seriously, was just going on and on. Oh, and what a great way to check in with yourself, ladies. Seriously, maybe Cindy, you can post those or in the podcast, like on Instagram or somewhere, post those questions because it really, seriously, if you've answered yes to a lot of those questions that you're waiting on permission, your, your best life, or maybe not your best life, the next level of your life is on the outside of you giving yourself permission for any one of those things. Debbie, that's a fantastic idea. I'll put them on on Instagram and let people know how they can contact me because all the areas that we're waiting for permission for is it can be so long like we just talked about. But the thing that's coming up for me is while we're waiting for permission that's how we're modeling to our daughters. Oh, yeah. We're modeling to our daughters. You can't do that, honey. Wait for permission. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I, I just want there to be a whole bunch of women to get out 
and um, step into their step into what they're meant to be like without asking anyone for permission step into the fullness of what they were put in this you know on this earth to do we've we've got so many gifts and talents and and we've learned so much that we're keeping to ourselves we have so much wisdom that we're keeping to ourselves yes you know debbie I worked on my word of the year for 2022 and I actually, you had done a workshop on that and I really sat with that and my word of the year is allow. And so this is what I'm allowing right now. I am allowing the curiosity and excitement of a self care circle to take root. And what I mean by that is and this is going to be coming out. One of the things that you and I've talked about a lot, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, is workshops. I also want to do circles of women, intimate circles, where we can go into some of these topics and we can be witnessed and held in these sacred spaces. Because I really want to meet all women where they are on their journey. I just, so I was just going to let you know, I was working on that. I, I, yeah, you guys have got to get with Cindy. Seriously. She is, um, she's, she used the word thinker. She's very, very thoughtful. She's, um, gosh, she remembers all kinds of things. So she's the gift that you can give yourself. You guys that, that I gave myself when I hired my first coach not business coach, but first life coach or coach to help me with whatever was going on in my head. The gift that you give yourself is having that person help you get to the other place. And it is priceless. The journey that you can go from where you are to where you want to go and becoming that next, whatever it is, step, the next step, because there's multiple steps. Like you said, it's like a, it's an onion that you keep becoming uh, revealing your next thing and your next thing, your next thing. You guys, the gift of coaching is seriously, it's, it's life changing. What, what is it worth for you to feel more at peace and more, more comfortable in your own skin? That's priceless. Now, Debbie, I know we're coming up to almost an hour <laughs> and I could talk to you forever and ever and ever, but I, I want to be respectful of your time. So was there anything else that you wanted me to talk about or are you ready to tell folks where they can listen and find you? Well, yeah, you're right. We could go on forever. I just want to really um, hopefully encourage you guys take the next step. And um, you know, like we know in our gut, it's already in our intuition it's a gift that's already been given to us, what we want next or what we know we need. Don't cheat yourself out of what that is. Get get somebody, get a guide, get with Cindy, get, you know, if it's business, then get with me. But we all have that, that desire inside of us. And I want you to not cheat yourself out this year. It's the brand new year. Give yourself that gift and have somebody guide you through the process of getting towards the steps towards getting to that accomplishment by providing the accountability, the questions, um, the expertise to help you get to the other side. 
Before we finish, Debbie, I want to tell you, I always write an intention before the podcast or a prayer or a meditation. I want to read to you what I wrote. I give great thanks that Debbie and I are co-creating a podcast episode that is fun, a little bit different, and that highlights more of who I am. I give great thanks that our conversation is going to be transformational and that I show up real I show up exactly who I am, a woman who loves connecting with other women, who loves holding the space for another woman to take radical responsibility for her life, to witness what starts out as a whisper in her heart turn into a roar. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, you're making me about cry. Oh, wow. That was so beautiful. You, um, Cindy, really have got so much to offer the world. I hope that everybody has had a taste today of you because you've been the person who has been shining the light on other women. And and I hope, I, I don't think I did an adequate job, but I hope somebody got to see the light that you have to offer the world, the gifts that you have to offer the world. Oh, thank you, Debbie. And how can people find you and work with you your website, your podcast. Yeah. Well, if you guys go to my website, debbieshadded.com, she'll have a link there. It's, uh, it's D E B B I E and it's S H A D I D. My podcast is linked there. So you can get to my podcast there. Um, you know, I would love to talk to talk to you about your business. I am all things business. I love to talk about ideas. I love to help people sort of get out of their own way and, get to the next step um, in whatever it is. If you have an idea, great, come talk to me. If you have a business, I just started working with a woman who's been in business for 15 years and she basically wants to reinvent herself. So any level of that, but uh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I would love for you to listen to the podcast, follow me on Instagram, but all of that can be found through my website. All right, Debbie, thank you so much for for being on, on the podcast and really, you know, shining the light on me because one of the things that you said from the very first time we started coaching was that you had listened to the podcast and the podcast was always shining the light on others and it was time to shine it on me. And as nervous as that made me because I'm used to being on the other side, I am so happy for today. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes, you guys get with Cindy. Seriously, she's got a gift to give to the world and she's got a gift uh, of helping you to um, to the next place you're trying to go to. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. What an honor to coach you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.